I don't think it's right to not give someone the opportunity to have a life because they might have a diagnosis that could hurt them. Welcome back to a new season of Big Little Choices. This is Shri, and I'm so excited to bring you more stories, more inspiring choices, and more opportunities for all of us to learn about what other amazing women and mothers are doing. We really want this season to inspire you and to make a choice or choices that are right for you. If you've heard episodes from the previous season, I hope your takeaway was that you can make an unconventional choice, stay true to yourself, and still have a happy ending. In today's conversation, you'll hear from Haley. Haley grew up in a happy household with three younger siblings and always wanted to nurture and have a family of her own. She followed her passion to help others and found her way to nursing school. But during nursing school and a few years after her marriage, Haley was diagnosed with a mental health condition that put a pause in her career plans and her lifelong wish to have a family. Haley talks about her choice to pursue a life of happiness despite being told that she might not have it that way. I do want to add that none of the topics discussed around mental health in this episode are meant to suggest that you do the same if you're in Haley's shoes, but just a perspective and individual experience that she wanted to share. Given that from an early age, you kind of knew that you wanted to have a family, were you somebody who planned their lives out and you were like, you know what, I know when I want to meet my partner, I know when I get, when I want to get married. Were you somebody who thought about all of this way ahead of time? Yes, I'm definitely a planner. Growing up, I really wanted to be in the medical field. And because I had such a strong influence from my grandmother that was single and did everything on her own, I think I had the idea that I would just be this boss girl that, you know, was a nurse or a doctor and just be independent on my own and that marriage and kids would come later. But me and my husband met in high school and we stayed friends and then in college we started dating and I quickly kind of realized that I liked having someone be there to rely on and our values kind of meshed together and we just wanted to be successful together. So how soon after you both got together did you really start thinking about starting a family? started dating in 2012 and we started trying for my son in 2017. So from our previous conversation, I know that you were diagnosed with manic bipolar and I want to talk a little bit more about that because I think it's so incredibly important for us to raise awareness around mental health and particularly in your case, given that you're also a mother. So I want to start by hearing a little bit more about how you found out about the diagnosis and how that affected sort of the early days of, um, you know, finding out that you had a certain health condition. Yeah, I agree. We do need to raise awareness and bipolar manic. There's often a stigma with the bipolar diagnosis where people think that bipolar is just fluctuating moods. But bipolar manic can be defined as episodes of manic ranging from depressive lows to manic highs. And I personally experienced the manic highs. So that's high energy, reduced need of sleep, and basically a a loss of touch with reality. And I was in nursing school. I was obtaining my second bachelor's degree. There was a week period where I was functioning on little to no sleep and studying like crazy. And 
I was functioning completely fine off of that no sleep. I had crazy amounts of energy. I'd wake up every morning and it feels like I just had a bunch of energy drinks and I was just ready to go. I was running all the time. So I was completely exhausted, but my body didn't think it was exhausted. And I started becoming delusional. And eventually my family convinced me after a manic episode, my family convinced me to admit myself to a psych unit where I stayed seven days and got help. And it's crazy how hard it is for someone with a personality that needs to help people to accept help. And I had, it was a huge eye opener for me to be in an inpatient psych unit where people had to take care of me and I wasn't the one taking care of them. And was your husband close by? How were you able to sort of deal with the early diagnosis with the support from your friends and family? So when I was in nursing school, my husband was actually away with some military training. So we communicated over the phone. And when you're in the hospital and you're in a psych unit, if someone calls you and it's not at a, the right time or you have something scheduled during the day, they won't even let you know that someone called. And so it was very hard to communicate. Uh, my family did come and visit me in the hospital and that was really nice because they were nearby, but it was really hard from, it really brought my husband and I together. And so what happened after the seven day stay? Were you allowed to go back home and get on medication? Yes. Yeah, so after the seven day stay, um, we thought we had all the medications figured out and then um, month passed and I had another manic episode so I admitted myself again and that was a 10-day stay and they had said that the medications that I originally was put on I kind of had a reaction they were too high or too strong for me so that um, led to the second manic episode and since that last hospital stay in 2015, I have not had another manic episode and I have stayed on the same medication ever since. So how soon after this, you know, this whole sort of like set of events that occurred and including the second hospital stay, finding the right medication, not having another manic episode after, did you both seriously start reconsidering the idea of starting a family again? So. Almost immediately after getting out of the hospital, I had a sit down discussion with my therapist and psychiatrist and my dad came along and they basically informed me that they advised that I did not try to have kids in the near future or ever because I would be putting them at risk for bipolar and my dad and I kind of left that meeting laughing because we didn't feel that they had a right to tell me about a choice that I had decided and thought about my whole life growing up. So that was very hard. It wasn't until two years after my diagnosis that my husband and I decided, you know, I've been stable for two years. I know myself, I have the support I need. And we just basically thought out every scenario and we decided that if our child were to be born with this diagnosis, that we know how to handle it. I don't think it's right to not give someone the opportunity to have a life because they might have a diagnosis that could hurt them. But, you know, we would work through it. And 
I know how to take care of myself and my husband has adapted and he is supportive. And if our children end up having this, we are going to be aware and we are there for them to get through it. So in the two years between, you know, your doctor telling you that it was probably not a good idea to have children and then ultimately you and your husband choosing to move forward, were there other professionals you consulted like outside of the fact that you sort of knew in your heart that you were going to be capable of raising your children, regardless of, you know, whether they were diagnosed or not, like were there other ways in which you sort of got this clarity that you were ready to make the choice to start a family? I wouldn't say there was any medical professionals that I talked to about it. I did my own research and got support from my family and friends and got the encouragement I needed to make a choice that I had already made in my head when I walked out of that first appointment. But were you scared, Haley, at all of, you know, obviously when you made this choice and, you know, it sounds like it was something you'd been thinking about for years since you were much younger. But then to make the choice in sort of a very different set of circumstances. I know you said that you felt like you were capable between you and your husband to take care of your children if they were ever diagnosed with the same condition. But was there any sort of like being scared or fearful or afraid that you might be making a decision that doesn't just affect you, but also ultimately could affect your children? Yes, it definitely crossed my mind. And I always have fears and anxieties about things. But writing them out and like weighing my pros and cons really helps me get through stuff like that. And also, I know that having children can put a lot of stress on someone. So that was a big fear of mine. Like, you know, what if I have a manic episode while the kids are home? You know, how can I avoid that from happening? And it was just a matter of getting comfortable with how to handle those situations and making a plan for things. I just want to go to something that you just said, which is that having children takes a toll on us. And, you know, you said that you were going to be sort of looking out for these signs if that somehow triggered another episode in you. What were you doing simultaneously once you had your kids to make sure that you were taking care of yourself and you were indulging in like good practices for yourself that prevented you from having some of these external stressors trigger you in any case? So that is a huge one for me, especially because after I had my second baby, three months ago, I struggled postpartum where I didn't really seek the support that I normally did. And it is so important for me to be self-aware and communicate how I'm feeling towards others because verbally expressing how I'm feeling to someone else makes me say exactly how I'm feeling, if that makes sense. So talking with a therapist is huge for me and also taking care of myself is huge for me. So my husband knows that when I say, hey, I need a break, I need to go get a pedicure or I need to go get my nails done, you know, he knows that I just need a little breather. And it's all about being able to pick yourself up on those hard days and ask for help. And I think that's why I try to openly talk about mental health and provide empowerment to mothers because 
I think it's important for people to have a voice and know that no matter how much you're struggling, it's not going to make you any less capable. And it's okay to ask for help and advocate for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think especially as mothers, there's so much guilt associated with asking for help, right? It's almost like we've decided that we have to be super moms and we have to do everything without asking for help. So it's really great that you bring up this point, which is that we should and we need to because our mental health should be our first priority. And that's the only way we can take care of somebody else. So do you know if this condition is hereditary and genetic or is it something that just develops as a function of external circumstances? Um, There is some studies that show that it is hereditary, but it also has to do with your age and the level of stress in your life as well. So when I was diagnosed, they said it was most likely due to the age that I was at, like I was at the peak age for the diagnosis to arise or to be noticed and um, the increased amount of stress of nursing school. I wanna hear a little bit about, you know, how did this diagnosis affect some of the other choices in your life, particularly with respect to the fact that you had kids at that point, which is the cities you live in and, you know, how you're able to spend time with your friends and your extended family and sort of some of the other pieces as well. So as a military spouse, I always have to make sure that our next base will have the resources that I need. So basically doing research and seeking out either a therapist, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, you know, making sure that I'm going to have all my needs met. But that is just as important as making sure I have a strong support system. So integrating myself with the spouses, as well as staying in contact with my family via phone and social media as well. And speaking of social media, you know, you have a good following, you're very open about your life and all of this other stuff. How do you deal with any opinions that other people might have about your choice to have kids and how you raise them? And particularly in the context that, you know, you're not just limiting yourself to your friends or your family, but now you've opened yourself up to sort of a larger world that's out there. How do you deal with any of these opinions that come in? So I've been very fortunate enough on social media where the positivity outweighs the negative. I choose to do what brings my family and myself joy, and I surround myself with people that lift us up. And when you pointed out, you know, people raise kids differently and they may have different opinions with how I raise my kids, I truly thrive to give myself grace and accept that everyone's parenting journey is their own. And what works for me may not work for someone else. And that's huge when I'm posting things. I never want to come off as being like, this is the only way. I just want to share like, hey, this worked for us. Maybe you should try it. And sometimes when I get comments that are, you know, different than my own, at the end of the day, I know that my babies are fed, loved, and cared for, and I'm the best mom for them. That's great. I think having, you know, the clarity that each of our journeys is different and that we're doing things in a way that makes most sense for our family is really important to have as moms. Exactly. So I want to, you know, this is also a good point to segue into my next question, which is that it can be hard to put yourself out there. And particularly in today's world, like, you know, I was saying where everybody has an opinion about everything. 
and especially in the context of mental health, given that there is certain amount of stigma associated with it, right? And so I want to hear from you about why did you make this choice to be open about your mental health and why talking about it is so important for you? And especially because, you know, you have two young kids, presumably, and I do want to talk to you about when you plan on telling your kids about your diagnosis. Like, why was it so important for you to be open about all of this? Honestly, I think I started being open with my mental health because it was a way for me to cope. And if it was a way for me to cope, it might be a way for someone else to cope. And I personally want to increase awareness and encourage discussion by supporting others. And like I said earlier, people need to know that they are no less capable for needing support. And I want to provide that for them. And what do you think about the piece of, you know, there's still so much stigma associated around it did you ever feel like you would be judged particularly given that you chose to have kids even though you know your then doctor said it might not be the best of ideas like how do you think about all of that yeah I definitely did fear that I would be judged for that but like I said before honestly I want to do what brings me joy and my family joy and I don't think the opinion of someone else should dictate how I choose to live my life. And I'm not going to let a medical diagnosis take away from my happiness. So I know that when we chatted last, you also mentioned that you are a doula. And I want to hear a little bit more about how that sort of plays into your overall well-being as well. So as a doula, it is my role to support women throughout pregnancy and labor and postpartum. And although I'm not a nurse and I did not go back to school to be a nurse, I chose the doula route. It gives me that fulfillment that I've always craved to help others. And it is so empowering to lift mothers up in their most vulnerable state. And right now I'm currently focusing heavily on the postpartum doula support because that is where mental health can be triggered. And, you know, it is so important to have support in those times right after having a baby. So I've been trying my best to be there for moms lately. And based on your experience, Haley, what do you think really helps with postpartum? Because I see so many moms who struggle with postpartum depression, anxiety, and you know, the stigma is one piece, but also sort of not being able to recognize the signs, not being able to figure out how to take care of themselves. I know we're not talking about it from sort of a medical professional standpoint, but just as, you know, a mom who's been through so much on her own, what do you think like really helps? So I personally started to feel like I was dipping into postpartum depression after having my daughter. And I think the biggest choice I made to get out of it was to seek help. And that's why I am trying to make myself available to those that feel low. Because as soon as you realize that you're struggling, that's when you need to go out and you need to let someone know. I waited a couple of days. I went three days, I would say. And then I text some friends and I was like, hey guys, I'm not feeling myself. And one of my good friends rushed over, brought me some food and talked with me and I just felt a huge weight lifted off my chest. And then when my husband got home from work, I told him everything I was feeling and he's like, you know, 
you know, we, it's important that we be open like this. And I think the biggest thing for moms struggling postpartum is just speaking up and advocating for themselves. And how important was your community in all of this? My family was a huge support system through everything. I don't know what I would do without them. The fact that my husband did endless amounts of research so he could better help me, you know, from being miles and miles away to my family taking me to therapy, my dad sitting with me through appointments, you know, family texting me, friends texting me, checking in, you know, people meeting up with me for coffee dates and stuff just to talk. Everybody pulled through and I am so thankful I have that. So how old are your kids now? My son is 25 months, so just a little bit over two. I actually just looked at the baby tracker app today to see. And then my daughter's almost four months old. And so four years after your diagnosis and two kids later, how do you feel about everything? Do you feel like you made the right choices in terms of when you chose to have kids, where you live, the kind of lifestyle you've chosen? So the first thing that comes to mind is whatever is meant to be will find its way. And I strongly believe in that statement. When I was in nursing school and got my diagnosis, I thought my whole world was ending. But two years after that diagnosis and making the choice to have a baby I and getting pregnant, I strongly believe that what's meant to happen with my life started happening at that point. And everything just started falling together because of my diagnosis almost. Certain things led up to such a happy life. I think Haley's choice to have a family is bold and also inspiring. While this is not a choice that applies to a majority of us, there are some takeaways that particularly resonated with me. We often seek validation from others to do what we already know we want to, and in Haley's case, to see that she didn't need any validation but just support from her loved ones was pretty remarkable. Regardless of whether you agree with her choice or not, it's easy to see that it's one that takes a lot of courage and clarity. Mental health has so much stigma around it, particularly for moms. But there is no shame around having a mental health condition. Recognizing the signs and seeking help should be the natural part of the process and not one that comes with fear or guilt. So I'm especially proud to be able to share Haley's story on stepping out of her comfort zone, sharing her diagnosis, and despite any pushback, choosing to live a life of happiness that she'd always wanted. We wrapped up our chat with her final thoughts on how she thinks about making choices in her life. I want to go back to when I said that I choose to do what brings my family and myself joy and surround myself with people that lift us up. I think it may sound silly, but if it comes to a point where you need to make a choice, you need to make a list of pros and cons, and that has always been helpful for me. And you need to think about, is it going to bring you joy? And if you're worried about the opinion and comments you're going to get from others, at the end of the day, it's you that needs to be happy. And we just don't need to worry about their happiness. We need to worry about ourselves. And it may sound selfish, but you need to take care of you. Thank you for listening to this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back soon with another interview. And until then, if you have any feedback or comments on the kinds of choices you want to hear more about, let me know.